Welcome to my daily dispatch. This is Brad Inman. Where I'm sitting right now in my house, I'm staring out the window at a beautiful sprawling olive tree. Believe it or not, I had never noticed that tree before. How could I possibly sit in this living room and not notice this beautiful tree? Now I notice it many times a day and appreciate it more and more and more. Now to my special guest today, and certainly not people who I hopefully have never noticed. I love these two, Vanessa Bergmark, founder of Red Oak Realty in Berkeley, California, and Thad Wong, co-founder of App Properties. I realized in preparing for this that I was born and raised in Southern Illinois, so I have some affinity to Chicago, many trips there with my parents to the, to the merchandise mart. And I spent 30 years in the Oakland, Berkeley area. So almost all but three years of my adult life, well, not exactly, um, was in Northern California and Illinois. So that and many other things, these two are very special. So greetings, Vanessa, greetings, Thad. How are you two doing? Good, we're doing great. Living the dream. Great, Brad. Oh, good. So you two embody the spirit of indie brokers better than any two I know. Um, and by the way, before we get started, Thad, did you notice the little jingle at the top of the program? Can you give us just a tad of color about that? That's awesome. I'm glad you did that. Yeah, Puff the Magic Dragon. That I think you're alluding to my uh, Moral of the Story podcast where I was interviewed by a Chicagoan named Max. And I talked about a story of uh, spending time with uh, the singer and songwriter of Puff the Magic Dragon. So. Thanks, I appreciate that, that was good. Well, I love that song. I, I'm known to be a DJ in big groups in Uber and uh, I always play that at the top to set the mood. Who doesn't like that song? But anyway, I want you to listen to that podcast. It was very, very insightful to that, his background. Another thing that came out of that, which is in common, I think, with Vanessa, I don't know if you two are about the same age, but I suspect you were both on Nantucket uh, when I did some research uh, at about the same time, what year were you there at that, which is part of the story of your, of, in that podcast? In 1988. So were you there then, Vanessa? Ever? I was and, not. I didn't go oh, to probably the mid 90s. Oh, and okay. now I we go pretty much every year. You didn't run into each other. No. Um, That's so older. Let's just clear this up. That's got a few years on me. I he think we all just did the math. <laughs> Had we, had we ran into each other, we probably wouldn't remember anyway, Brad. No, yeah, we would have been dancing go. at the chicken box. That's what right. would have happened. <laughs> there we go. Hey, um, we've been going through kind of the cycle here, um, what I call the three buckets, um, health, money, and the future. And I'd love to focus a little bit with you two on lessons now through this that kind of were forced upon us, not expected, that may change how you organize your business in the future to share with other indie brokers and other things that you think agents, indie brokers, all brokers, the whole Inman audience should be doing now to prepare for that future because we are gonna come out of this. Um, but before we do that, how are you two doing? How's the spirit of your team and your agents? Um, let's start with you, Vanessa. How, how's it going there in Oakland and Berkeley? You know, I think it's, um, it's it's going quite well. I mean, the interesting part is we have been the first county in the United States to go into what we refer to as SIP, but uh, shelter in place. 
So we've been in this now. I shut down my office on Friday, March 13th. Um, and we went into SIP on uh, that, that Monday, um, March 16th. So we've, we've sort of just been able to, uh, I think, adapt pretty quickly. I think it's, it was very Bay Area of us to go in first without any questions asked and kind of fall in line a little bit there with um, sort of more, I think, of a potentially like a liberal view on health. You know, I think that the main thing was put finances and, and that to the side and just get on the, um, the health awareness of this. So we've been really mostly locked down. We just became essential as of Tuesday of last week. So we've had to really kind of shift our thinking and then uh, shift the priorities to doing what limited capacity of work we possibly can right now. But, but on a whole, the spirits are very good and we've been um, communicating on a regular basis, like many companies were you know, on, on Zoom often um, and, uh, and communicating and our team is still working long, long hours. As a matter of fact, I think we're working longer hours now than we ever have at any point in the history yeah, of the it, it's that's what I've been hearing out there. You know, it's interesting. I many many years ago, when I was a journalist in the Bay Area, I wrote about the need for you know regional cooperation among cities and counties, the nine counties of the Bay Area. And wow, was that ever powerful? How they all did. But also, one of the other things I'm just I'm so impressed by the governor, Gavin Newsom. Yeah. He was so decisive, and. Uh, obviously saved a lot of lives. And I know everybody's infatuated with Governor Cuomo and certainly has a hell of a good press conference and he's showing leadership. But there's been a little waffling in New York, or was, I think, whereas I think Newsom, he should get some points here that I don't ever see. He'll get his points. He'll get his points. His points are lined up for the future because I think they're going to tally this scorecard up when it's said and done. And Newsom's decisiveness uh, long before anyone else came in, is going to be pivotal in his, uh, you know, pu- public opinion of him moving forward. Yeah. But I, I, I will agree. I'm very impressed with how he handled it. Dad, tell me but about. I think, you, I, I think that calm. I think his response, his forceful, clear messaging, it was very. Um, it had a, it had a profound effect on people again stepping in line and realizing what was very important very early on without a lot of evidence. He had to go on yeah, trust. I mean, and without a lot of blah, blah, blah every day. Yeah. Hey, Thad, um, we don't want to talk about Illinois politicians. From my experience, that can be really depressing. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Let's, let's move to, uh, to your team, your agents, uh, the mood, the morale, kind of where you're at as, you know, this um, six weeks into this mess. Yeah, I think that the overall mood is positive. I think that there are a lot of negative things going on, and we all know what they are. But I think the opportunity that's emerged from within our organization has been that the needs of all of our agents have changed dramatically in a very, very short period of time with very little advanced warning. So all of a sudden, every agent in our company is in need of assistance and direction on how to qualify for whether it's unemployment, whether it's the PPP, and get really good, solid direction to make sure their applications are in order. Uh, that we have a relationship with a bank that we can insert our agents into. If they don't have a personal relationship, as we all know that the banks are incredibly stressed right now with the number of applications and there's going to be a second stimulus. So it was a great opportunity for us to step up and organize everything for all of our agents. So they were ahead of the curve and they understood the policies before uh, it was too late and they, they got ahead of it. And so that side of it gave us a lot of uh, relationship points and added to our culture where when times were in need, they could really rely on our leadership. 
And so for us, that was a great opportunity to build the relationships within the organization. And at the same time, we've been focusing really heavy on uh, agent distribution of content and agent communication. So we started morning coffees uh, that are digital videos of different things that agents can work on throughout the day. We put together agent client appreciation program gifts that went out, uh, bagels and cream cheese. We sent out 4,000 bags of popcorn for people that can watch movies at home. So, you know, we did a lot of different things that were woven with culture and camaraderie, while at the same time we're strategic that we feel like when the red light turns green, you know, the end result where we'll be able to capture more market share by distributing a lot to the consumers through our agents. Um, that's what happened in the last downturn. This one, we feel like that we can grab share faster because I just don't think people are responding as quickly to the changes that are taking place personally. I think everyone got to stay at home and they're staying at home and they're taking advantage of that personally. But a lot of people are forgetting that a lot of work needs to be done while everybody is resting. Yeah, great point. You know, you guys were always good at gifts at App Properties. I never forget the first time you and I had a meaningful conversation. We met at the Soho House in Chicago, and you bought me the nicest gift. And I just, um, I, I never forgot that. It was uh, to a complete, not a stranger entirely. But anyway, that's, uh, that's part of your, uh, your MO. Um, let's, let's move to what we decided to talk about here, focus on, and that's the future. Any lessons, either one of you jump in and feel free to, you know, make this as conversational as we can. But any lessons from this kind of forced set of events that you think will change how you operate when we get through it? So kind of looking, as I say, you know, around the corner, uh, when we all meet on the other side, what are some lessons here that you think you'll probably apply to the future? Is it less office space? Is it a different form of communication? What might that be? Either one of you, take it. Well, you know, I, I mean, it's interesting. I, you know, I just um, acquired another company recently about eight months ago and um, they had five office spaces and I had two. So we, you know, we had seven spaces for 165 agents, which was a lot of space. And, um, and I'd shut down two of the spaces, one just six weeks ago. Ooh. And um, what's interesting though is I think a lot of people's response was like, oh, you know, I kind of was, you know, I, I missed that space. I like that space. But, you know, as we, as we look at this now, I think on the other side of this, what am I even going to do with 10,000 square feet of space spread all across town? Because a lot of what we're going to do moving forward isn't going to require space. Um, nor have we, we've realized that for years that the, you don't need a lot of space. You really don't. So I think the space thing is definitely going to become, what do we do? We still have leases. We have to honor those agreements with the leases, but what will we do with that space? And so we've got a lot of ideas around that. The, the other issue is, you know, we, we pivoted to video. Um, I hired a, 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 a cinematographer really, who's done, he's got a background in um, indie films, really, really talented. We'd used him as a consultant for years and I brought him on staff in January, just because I wanted to go in that direction. And he has become one of my pivotal staff people during this time. Um, we are training other staff members for getting new job skills to potentially work underneath his department now that is forming from his home in Richmond. Um, he's got a huge background in this and he's basically putting together um, in moments put together really, really incredible videos with old MLS photos and things that we couldn't get access to because we were under lockdown. And I think that skill set, um, I was lucky that I had him on in January, but I think skill sets like that 
are going to be part of the fundamental thread of what's going to be inside a brokerage if you're really that's, playing. That, that's interesting. Is that anything, anything that's been forced upon you here that you go, ah, we're going to do this when this is all over? Um, one of the things that is so important, you know, we invested in a software company about a year and a half ago called Real Vision, which produces, you know, unlimited photos, digital walkthrough and a floor plan so our agents can have a lower cost. Uh, that's something that's only going to become more relevant moving forward. I think there's so many fabulous listings that don't include a floor plan, don't include a virtual walkthrough or a video. And all of, and at the end of the day, these crises always benefit the consumer. The consumer is going to get a much better package that'll be standard in the market moving forward. Uh, so I think that, you know, we never forced our agents. Uh, we forced them to use a floor plan if it was over 500,000, but we didn't really mandate a virtual walkthrough. But I think now that all first showings are online, you know, that, that those should be mandatory within every brokerage so that the consumer is getting the best presentation digitally. And you don't have people showing up and walking through their house, you know, to see that the floor plan isn't conducive with their needs and, and wasting everyone's time, including the sellers. So that's, that was good news for us and lucky that we invested in that software. But I think only moving forward, it's only going to that side of it. The presentation will only improve and the expectations of the consumers should be raised significantly. That's good news. Now let's look out further. Okay. We're around the bend. Um, Things are looking up, you know, the deep freeze is thawing. Um, that reminds me, I got to take the chicken out of the freezer for this afternoon. Um, and um, you are now in a position where the market's back. What will your business or your companies look like and what should broker owners do now to prepare for that future? So, you know, you want to tackle that, Vanessa? Well, I think it's like we said, I think that, you know, I'm going to look at my own team and say, you know, what do you, what positions do you do you actually need? I mean, we're, we're diving into those positions right now and saying what skill sets do you have to learn in order to, to, to basically add value to a company moving forward. And I think that people will take that seriously because they'll see, I mean, a lot of people were pushed to the side in skill sets in this entire economy with what was valued versus what was not. I mean, you see that in every industry that people were just lost their jobs in hours. And I think there's a lot of um, people looking at their, at their own career choices or what, what they've done right now and saying, okay, I've got a moment in time here where I can pivot. So we'll do that as a company, but I think individuals will start doing that in whatever industry that they're in and, um, and get really serious about education and, 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 and training themselves to be valuable for whatever industry that they're in. So I think that that's important. The second thing is too, though, is I think- but, Vanessa, before, before you leave that one, um, Ryan Serhan said to me yesterday that he's already seeing, like when he came into the business in 2008, there was just a horde of new people because there are no jobs and just like divorced women in the 60s and people that lost their jobs in other recessions, they're drawn to real estate when there are no jobs and they get up and going and some survive. Is it possible we could get flooded with a new generation of agents uh, is my first question. And then my second question, does that mean we continue this tradition of warehousing bad agents and um, at great expense um, to broker owners? Well, uh, yes, I think that you're gonna see, I've already gotten calls in owning a company um, with, are we hiring? So, I mean, just in the last 72 hours. And I was like, now's not a really great time to be an agent. Or it could be, right? It could be an, it could be an awesome time because if you come in with a certain level of skill sets, they're gonna be needed. 
Um, so sure, I think that you'll see that. I, but warehousing agents, I don't know. I don't think that, that's probably not Thad's model and it's not my model. We, we right. don't have a decent number of agents, but our agents are doing 10 to 12 transactions a year per person. So, you know. So that kind of differentiates you from, that, I mean, that is the kind of the beauty of the indie and in your case, more boutique from some of the big box, big broker owners, right? Yeah, definitely. But this is another thing. I think the conversation with our clients will change. How many conversations have we had? Well, maybe I'll sit on it next year or maybe I'll do this. The interesting part about this disease is it came on so suddenly and it changed the value of the properties and the value of an escrow in, in, in 12 hours. So this whole thing about, I'll think about it, I'll think about it, I'll think about it. I think when people make decisions, they're going to have a different uh, lens, at least for a certain time of how far out they're making a decision and how complacent they are sometimes in what they're doing. You know, I'll get to it. I'll get to it next season. I'll, I think that uh, I've seen a lot and I've had a lot of conversations with consumers directly that they're wanting to make very fast decisions now because they see this potential of sliding away of, of wealth, especially in Bay area homes. I mean, the equity yeah. that's inside a house here is like crack the piggy bank open. Now, if you think you're going to do anything within a six month period, I think that, yeah, that is that's interesting. Interesting, this whole experience might make us more decisive because it certainly has forced us in a lot of cases in our lives personally and otherwise to be decisive. That, any, jumping in on any of this, you know, I asked so many different questions and, and Vanessa had a lot of insight on in all these issues. Comment on any piece of it you'd like. Well, I think that, you know, one of the greatest strengths, and Vanessa alluded to it, is the entrepreneur that's automatically woven into the indie. And, you know, what we learned in the last great recession is that afterwards you got to go all in because the larger corporations a lot of the franchises move significantly slower and they just have a much harder time implementing ideas some of them come up with great ideas but they take forever to bring to the agent and get to the consumer so i think preparing for the future right now by going all in and trying to grow your brand and the attractiveness of your brand is essential um you know, we are, independents are far closer with the agent and therefore much closer with the understanding of what the expectations of the consumer is. And so being able to come up with the product to distribute to the agent, to elevate the expectations of the consumer, that's what we're focused on right now. So we're improving and increasing everything that is used in the purchase or the sale of a home right now and putting all of our energy into it. So while our people are not frantically you know, working on closings, I wish they were, right now should be the height of our closings, but we're down about right 47%, which is far less than what I budgeted four weeks ago, by the way. The, the ability for the market to still limp along is much stronger than I thought. We projected a 90% decline and we're only at half when it comes to uh, new contracts coming in. So we're feverishly focusing on a ton of new things that I was going to launch at the beginning of next year that we're pushing and working on now so that when we come back to the markets and agents are more aware, the independents I'm hoping will have a much better reputation when it comes to the leadership that's been distributed to their agents and helping them get through this. And then simultaneously, the product given to the agent will hopefully improve because consumers are going to look for more. There's an incredible opportunity for independents to grow right now. I was worried about the next downturn because I was worried that possibly the you know, significance of some of the discount brokerages and their online platform, their user friendliness would start to give them more of a robust market share rate. Uh, but it hasn't happened in the last few years. 
And I think coming after this, it only is going to create a bigger hurdle for them to get over. So for the full service brokerages out there, I think there is an enormous opportunity. And we all are anticipating, you know, the value of your home just went up astronomically over the past four weeks. People are spending time in their home. They're appreciating their home or they want a new one. And in the cities, we've got millennials that are living in 300 square foot, 400 square foot studios with the common areas closed off and they're going crazy. And now they're realizing because the escalation in rents over the last 10 years that they can actually buy a bigger space and have a deduction you know, for less money out of pocket uh, than if, when they're renting. So we think millennials are gonna push you know, a lot of this growth that's happening and we're looking forward to, you know, hard assets are where you wanna be if there's ever a, you know, when there's this much stimulant, if ever you have a recession, there's usually appreciation in real estate. So we think there's gonna be a refocus on homes. Some of the larger homes that we're having a hard time selling, we think people are gonna want more space. We think there'll be more people moving to the suburbs. So we're looking forward to a strong run after this is over and we just wanna be as prepared as possible. So the minute it's lifted, you know, we can be looked on as the market leader. Isn't it interesting, Thad, that you would uh, celebrate a 47% decline in transactions as being exactly. good news. And it is I'm good shocked. news if you were yeah. forecasting 90%. But imagine if six months ago I said, Dad, how would you handle a 50% drop in your transactions? You'd probably be pulling out your hair. But you know, it, is a, it is a testimony that, you know, the, the human, you know, whatever it is, uh, that we can take this and uh, resiliency. And resiliency, that's the word I was searching for. Thank you, Vanessa. And, uh, and certainly more, there were people other than us three who are suffering mightily and they did even before this. So I don't want to be the least bit flip about it here, but um, I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed how well people are handling things right now. And, um, you know, the, the fortitude and the tenacity and the goodwill and, and people reaching out. One thing, Vanessa, you mentioned to me a couple of days ago is that you're noticing or you're collaborating with your competitors, people that in the past yeah. you probably, probably wouldn't have either had the time or wouldn't have spent much time collaborating. Tell us about that, because I assume that's part of this whole, you know, hold hands, we're all in this together stuff. Well, you know, it's I, I wouldn't call it hold hands. I, I refer to it as lay down your swords. And, um, like and you know, really, yeah, right now, the way I look at this is I have my own company to be very concerned about, right? So, and I put a lot of energy in there. And the, and the great part, I think about realizing what I've got in my own leadership is I don't take a long time to make decisions and I've always had wacky ideas and now they're actually getting some play. So it's fine. This part, this moving at this speed is actually somewhat comfortable and, and slightly exhilarating because there's so much work to do. And every morning when I get up, I'm ready to do it. The interesting part about working with competitors right now, you know, we have, we've been doing every Monday night at 4 PM. There's several that I've invited and it keeps growing and people drop off, but we have about somewhere between 13 and 35 of our East Bay brokers getting on a zoom call and sharing information. So we're sharing best practices. We're sharing the books we're reading. We're sharing the podcasts we're listening to. We're giving each other advice that, you know, this is what we should be doing with showings right now. You know, here's what we're doing with lock boxes. Here's how access is. But basically we're all sitting. Now these are people that have been- This is in the evening you're doing it, Vanessa, right? Yeah, we do it at four o'clock on a Monday. And are people we like about drinking an hour, and drinking and no, smoking no, there's pot? No, 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 no,
it's no, it's serious meeting. And, you know, we, yeah. we agreed there was for, for a while there, we agreed to sign a pledge that we would honor the shelter in place when, when some of our brokers were, were, were not honoring it and they were taking clients out that we wouldn't take out. And there was a little bit of scuffle around that, but really the, the, the theory behind this is this, this is our industry and those people, their companies, I have managed to live in an ecosystem with them for a very long time and I want to see them survive. I am okay with us all surviving because if they survive and I survive, we get back into what we were doing. And frankly, the other side of this is we have better relationships than when we started six weeks ago. We have better collaboration. If we collaborate better, our clients are going to feel that in their transaction when we get out of this. So what we're doing right now is working on sort of like a, almost like a, a healing ecosystem with working with each other so that when we get to the other side, we don't get back to bickering about stupid stuff. And we, we, you know, have an easier, smoother transition. So, you know, there's a lot of folks that are like, focus on the competition, focus on that. And, and I agree, you can do that. But right now, my theory is I want to focus on collaboration and I want to see this entire tribe of brokerages get to the other side, work together. And I think it's, I have to say, in, in the four weeks since we've been doing it, the relationship is transforming pretty beautifully. Um, and there's That's tight trust. We're sharing a lot of information now. If I've got 15 people on my staff and there's a brokerage with only two, why not share all the information of what I put together with best practices? Because we might be able to keep clients and escrows alive longer. So yeah, it's like Gavin, it's like Gavin Newsom shipped uh, ventilators to the East Coast today. Um, yeah, it's it's a that, 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 that is a, yeah, they're right. There's a bigger issue here, and it is the entire industry. Hey, Thad, we're running out of time. Any last words? And uh, let me ask you this, both of you, to kind of wrap it up. Where do you find, from the past, something may have happened to you? Um, does it happen just naturally? You get up and you're ready to go? Um, but, you know, there have to be bad days. You have to be a little manic occasionally. Where, where in your past, or what, what has taught you to... Uh, help you find the strength to, to be the kind of positive leader that, that you both are. Dad? I think for me, it revolves around gratitude. You know, a few decades ago, I, I, I read that, you know, you, you know, you can't be happy and then be grateful. In order to feel happiness, you got to understand you, what you're grateful for. So every morning I spend five minutes drinking coffee and just thinking about the things that I have in my life that I am grateful for. And that has helped me become you know, a happy person and experience happiness on a daily basis. Even in situations like this, this is challenging and we're spending a lot of time having conversations working through it. And I know I'm gonna have a lot of times with agent conversations with agents that are struggling in the future, just like we did during the recession. But even through that, I think that it's so important as a leader that you have an understanding of gratitude and you're able to exude happiness through your leadership because you know, Vanessa was talking about, you know, laying down the sword. I mean, there is a benefit to the law of attraction. There's an underlining benefit in helping others. You know, we're doing it right now through our managing brokers, sharing our video and directions on how to apply and, you know, become granted for the government stimulus through agents outside of the company. Now, if we can do that and provide that benefit to agents outside, there is a benefit to that. And those agents will like us and eventually want to work with us. So that law of attraction of coming back and people wanting to work with you is heavily integrated with gratitude and just expressing that appreciation for life and in, in every conversation with every person. I love that. Vanessa, last words, where do you get the strength to stay up and positive? You know, I, my, my, my husband just told me the other day, he goes, I think I'm realizing you're a wartime CEO. 
I think, <laughs> you know, I, it's when we signed up and I think Thad would say this too, the day we first took over management or took over our companies, we committed to um, showing up and, 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 and being the first one to walk out there. And I take that commitment incredibly seriously. And because I could look at those faces and all those people that I really truly adore. Um, and I look at it in an industry that has treated me very well. And, uh, you know, as soon as I get sad or, or, you know, a little down, I just see that, that big picture and, um, and it's easy to plug back into it and just be like, until I am flat on my back, I'm going to get up every single day and keep going. And then there's the, there's the excitement right now of what, you know, I'm I'm trying to put a, a portion of my day every day to visionary, think about whatever it could be and start writing that down because basically we've got the ability to make that happen as, as leaders of our company and, and, and influencers are in our industry. So that to me is what, you know, yeah, if I had some bad days, you know what? Not really. I mean, I'm, I'm still eating well. As a matter of fact, I'm eating better than ever. Like, you know, I've got my family around me. I've got my health. We lost you there, Vanessa. You still with us? Yeah, I'm still here. But in any case, I would say, uh, you know, that's what, that's what leadership is. You, you, even if you're having a bad day, you still, you still get up and you do it. There you go. Well, I think this is a wrap. I am so grateful to you two for doing this. And the Inman community loves you too as well. Uh, we'll do this again, okay? And uh, we're having this big event here in June. We'll have you on stage, the virtual stage then as well, because people love to come and hear you. So gang, this is uh, Brad Inman with two of my faves, Thad Wong and Vanessa Bergmark, um, indie brokers who, who live it like they should. And this is Brad Inman checking out. Puff the magic dragon lived by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called Hanalee.